0: Our focus will be on the first question and answer, but we'll read all, all three. What is, the, what is the sixth petition? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is, in ourselves we are so weak that we cannot stand even for a moment. Moreover, our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, do not cease to attack us. Will you therefore uphold and strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit so that in this spiritual war we may not go down to defeat but always firmly resist our enemies until we finally obtain the complete victory? How do you conclude your prayer? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is, all this we ask of you, because as our king, having power over all things, you are both willing and able to give us all that is good, and because not we, but your holy name, should so receive all glory forever. And what does the word amen mean? Amen means, it is true and certain, for God has much more certainly heard my prayer Then I feel in my heart that I desire this of him, dear brothers and sisters. The prayer that Jesus taught is concise, complete, and perfect. There is much to learn and practice from each petition of the Lord's Prayer. In this prayer, we begin with God our Father as we should, seeking to come into his presence. We give God glory, lifting high his his name, his holiness and all he is, and defending his name. We pray our desire for the kingdom to come more fully. And we express the longing for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we turn to our needs our daily, earthly, physical needs, and also our spiritual needs the daily forgiveness of sins, seeking forgiveness from God and forgiving others. And then today we turn to our great desire. To be free from sin and the temptation to sin. This last request reflects our desire to avoid the danger to sin altogether, all that may lead us to sin. Do you know yourself? What kinds of sin are you tempted to fall into? Are you aware of the situations and environments that are tempting to you? And do you trust yourself not to sin in tempting situations? Those who are forgiven pray the prayer, lead us not into temptation, because they trust God and distrust distrust themselves. We must be honest with ourselves and to each other and to God that we are weak. We are prone to wander into sin. None of us are immune to falling into temptation. All of us are capable of sinning in all kinds of ways. Jesus said in Mark seven twenty, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, all these things are, are in us, out of our hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. And In Colossians chapter 3, it says to put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. For the most part, we underestimate how sinful we are. And we think we are strong, but we're not on our own. First Corinthians ten twelve says, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Well let's look closely at Matthew six thirteen. It begins, Lead us not. The basic meaning for lead is to is to bring. We ask God not to bring us into situations that would be tempting for us to sin. On the surface, it is a simple request. We are petitioning God to to keep us out of trouble. There's something we must wrestle with in asking God, lead us not into temptation. Why would we have to ask God this? Does it sound strange? Maybe even concerning? How could God even... Consider bringing us into temptation. The Bible teaches that God does not tempt anyone to sin. James 1 makes this clear. Beginning with verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted... I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire, and then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Notice, first of all, that being tempted to sin is different than actually committing sin. Temptations can lead to sin, but they don't have to. We have to to cut off any progression towards sin at, at the line of temptation, or actually before that line. For desire follows temptation, and sin follows giving in to the wrong desire. Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. Now let's, we just need to step back in, in the passage that I read beginning of verse 12 of James chapter 1. It's translated, the word is translated trial. In verse 13, it's translated tempted. It's the same basic word. And so there are two conclusions for us to gain from James 1. First, that the same word is used in James 1, 12 to 14, as in Matthew 6 13. But we learn that it can be translated as trial or temptation, depending on the context. We learn from James that God doesn't tempt anyone to sin. God's holiness and goodness does not allow him to tempt anyone with sin. He does not create sin nor does he lead anyone causing them to sin. And so we have a bit of a translation issue. James 1, 2 tells us to count it all joy when we meet trials, trials of various kinds because God uses it to form our character, making us into mature Christians but Matthew 6:13 asks God to keep us away from temptations. So same word but different meaning. So the word translated as either trial or temptation is is essentially a neutral word in the Greek. It has neither a positive or negative connotation on its own. The Greek root deals with with the meaning of testing or proving. And from that meaning comes the words trial and temptation. How the word is translated is determined by its context. And so one of the clues in Matthew 6.13 in our text is the second phrase. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the context of verse 13 of Matthew 6 is a negative 1. The prayer request is asking to be delivered from evil and temptations to sin. So the reason why Matthew 6:13 is translated temptation is because it is not talking about the kinds of trials that we should welcome since God uses them to help us grow. But Matthew 6:13 refers to the temptations that we should flee from. So I bring that all up in part because some people have thought that it's been poorly translated um, in, in our text, but it is the right word to, to lead us not into temptation. God uses trials for our good. He has a purpose in them. Every trial we experience is allowed and used by God to test us and strengthen us. So we Do not pray to God, lead us not into trials, because trials are actually a good thing in the end. James 1 and 1 Peter 1 tells us so. But why do we pray, lead us not into temptation, if God doesn't tempt anyone? When we pray this prayer, we are asking God to not allow us to enter into a situation where we will surely fail. God knows our weaknesses and temptations to sin better than we know them ourselves. So we pray, Lord, I hate this sin. I hate all sin, and I want to stay far away from it. You know my weaknesses and where I am vulnerable to sin. So, please keep me away from such places. In this petition, we are asking God to guide us so that we will not get out of His will and get involved in a situation of temptation. But rather, we ask God, please help me to stay within Your will, to remain within the environment of where You want me to be. I know my temptations to sin. God knows me even better. I trust him. I don't trust myself. I am not immune whatsoever from the temptations to sin. The petition in verse 13 acknowledges that I am weak on my own. On my own I cannot stand. On my own I will fall. Lead us not into temptation is a prayer for God's protection from the dangerous lure of sin. Know that our Father in heaven will test us from time to time and use trials for his purposes and for our good, but he will not allow us to be tempted beyond our capacity. In Matthew 6, 13, we are asking God to not put us into a situation we can't handle and so it agrees with 1st Corinthians 10:13 no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man and so we all experience similar temptations and if whatever temptation you face someone has faced that temptation before god is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Notice how God is gracious, even in our temptations to sin. First of all, our temptations remind us that we need God, which we constantly need to be reminded of. And this is God's plan. He's always desiring that we draw closer to him. He's always working for our good. God is with us in our temptations to offer us help. And so even when we feel like we're struggling and suffering under temptations that we don't want, God is using it for, for good to draw us close to him and showing us our need for him. We pray to be delivered from evil and the evil one. Matthew six thirteen can be translated as evil one, referring to the devil. We pray to have victory over sin and to be free of evil's domination. In this prayer request, we pray to God to deliver us from the power and, the, and, and slavery of sin. Luther said, God indeed tempts no one, <clears throat> but we pray in this request That God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our own flesh may not deceive us nor seduce us. End of quote. When God allows temptations into our lives, he desires to use them for good. Satan, on the other hand, always tempts us to try to make us fall. The devil is always seeking our destruction. Satan always tempts us to sin. We see this in Luke 22, which we read. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Oh, how good our Lord is that he prays for us. We're called to pray, but we have our interceder always praying for us at God's right hand. So Satan was demanding to to shake all his disciples violently as one does wheat to cause them to, to fall. But Jesus emphasized that he had prayed for Simon's faith not to fail. Now, Peter did deny knowing that he knew his Lord. But Jesus prevented him from fully walking away from him. Peter was tested and he failed the test. His test turned into a temptation to sin when Peter didn't commit the situation he was in to God. He didn't go to God for help and strength like Jesus commanded. He should have prayed, Do not lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. He should have prayed, Peter should have prayed. O Lord, you know how I fear man. May I not deny that I know you. He should have not thought himself to be so strong on his own. When he was tempted, there was a way out, but he gave in to the temptation and did not take the way out. Peter sinned, but he did not lose his relationship with Christ. We see in this little episode that Satan is real and temptations to sin come from him. The temptations to sin are strong. But Jesus and God are stronger. God is sovereign. Satan cannot do anything without God's permission. And we see this very vividly in the beginning of the book of Job where Satan had, had to ask God for permission to, to try to cause Job to fall. Well, Jesus prayed for Peter, and therefore Jesus delivered Peter from the evil one. Satan would not be permitted to have his way completely with Peter. Luke 22.40 makes clear a simple yet profound truth really this is the main point of the message pray that you may not enter into temptation pray that you may not enter into temptation to pray to god for help is the solution to our temptations and to avoid sin i realize how weak i am on my own to overcome temptation whether the temptation comes directly from the devil the world or from deep within me. And so I must pray in order to overcome temptation and to take the way of escape. We learned earlier that we are totally dependent on God for Him to meet our physical needs, our da- daily bread. And even more so, we are dependent on Him for resisting temptation and, and gaining spiritual victory in fleeing from sin. We need to pray. And we need to do what we can to act on those prayers and what God provides. Where are your temptations to sin? Where are your weaknesses? In what temptations do you lack self control? Let's think about tempting places of being alone in a tempting place with no one to hold you accountable. We should not put ourselves in situations and places where you know you would likely fall into temptation or be in danger of doing so. A person who is tempted by alcohol will not have alcohol in the house or go to a a place where alcohol is is celebrated and encouraged to to consume. If he does, he will almost certainly fall. A person who is tempted to give in to pornography and lacks self-control with sexual desires should have computer barriers and limits and not be alone. They need people who can help and encourage them. And God can help through these, through people, and through limits and barriers that we need to impose on ourselves. And what are some, some general temptations to sin? Well, temptations that involve our tongue being tempted to respond in, in angry words, to boast about ourselves, or to put others down. To say inappropriate jokes. Or temptations that involve our mind. Being tempted to think about something that is, that is not yours to have. Coveting what someone else has. Being tempted to lust in your mind. Temptations that involve our heart, being tempted to trust, love, or find peace and fulfillment in other things or other people instead of in God. And for all that you need and desire, we need to flee from temptations and be be serious about not flirting with sin and to be alert to our temptations to sin. I think of the, the movie Fireproof and how the main character smashed the computer with a baseball bat because he was done with that sin. He knew the computer was the tool that the devil used to tempt him to look at pornography and to have lustful thoughts. And what was it like for Joseph to work for Potiphar He must have prayed a lot from the beginning when he saw the danger, even the potential for temptation. Potiphar was away for long periods of time. Joseph was given so much responsibility over everything that belonged to Potiphar. But he knew that there was one thing that was not his to to touch But his wife, Potiphar's wife, remained in the house. And she began looking at Joseph and and giving him attention. And surely it must have been tempting for Joseph at some level. But he looked to God for help. He flat out refused her advances. He talked about his responsibility toward Potiphar. He wanted to serve God and be obedient to him. Joseph was clear. You are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He would not listen to her or even be with her. Joseph knew this woman was bad news. When he was cornered, he fled the scene. The word for fled means to escape to depart an area quickly to go to a safe place and that's what we need to do whenever we have temptations or even the potential for temptation fled means to remove oneself totally from that place of danger and it's, the word is used in 1 Samuel 17 referring to the, to the giant Goliath All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. To Joseph, Potiphar's wife was like an enormous giant, a dangerous giant. She represented everything that was wrong. She was pure evil, exactly what God didn't want for him. When we are tempted to sin, We must refuse to give in to that sin. We must be firm. We must resolve to say, no, I will not give in and do what God hates. We must run away from the temptation. We should also speak using biblical truth and authority with boldness. This is what Jesus did he answered Satan's temptations with God's word. He quoted verses that taught the opposite to to what the devil suggested. Satan tempted Jesus to give in to his hunger of being diverted from his father's will and take matters into his own hands by commanding the stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus answered, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So use God's word to fight against the enemy and resist the temptations. Jesus said, Be gone, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. When you are tempted to not trust God alone, resist the enemy with God's word. Jesus was tempted as we are. Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself has suffered suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. In Hebrews 4.15, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace in prayer that we may receive mercy and grace and help in time of need. So this is an invitation to pray. When we pray, Jesus is right there at God's right hand ready to help us in our time of need. And he knows what it's like to be you. He knows what it's like to be in our tempting situations. And he knows how to help. Ask God to help you stay away from temptation. When was the last time you truly prayed this prayer, lead me not into temptation? If it's been a long time, you... You should ask why, for we are always in need. Is it because we we like to expose ourselves maybe to the to the thrill of, of temptation, to, to taste the temptation to sin? Is it because we think we're self-sufficient? Able to resist the temptation on our own? If so, then We are playing with fire. The best protection from sin and temptation is to turn to God and depend on Him for strength and direction. The catechism reminds us, by ourselves we are too weak to hold our own for even a moment. We have three things working against us. The devil, the the sinful ways of the world, and our own sinfulness. They are relentless in attacking us. Let us realize that as long as we live on this earth, these things will never stop attacking us. They will continually tempt us to sin. For those who have trusted in Jesus, we have a God, the Holy Spirit, living in us. He is stronger. And he is smarter than our three tempters and the temptations they tempt us with. And so we pray. Lord, uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your Holy Spirit so that we may not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. Complete victory is coming. Jesus is Is returning. Our lives are heading to where we will see Christ as He is. And then we will be made perfect and we'll never be tempted to sin again. We will be done with sin. But until then, Let's include in our prayers regular petitions for God to lead us out of situations of temptation that he would deliver us from evil. We have to admit that temptations are presented to us as tempting. They look and they feel desirable. But may God show us how black and ugly the temptations are. Pray that God would, sh- would show you what they truly are and how they just lead us away from God. That he would teach us to hate not only our sin, but the temptations that lead us there. Know that God is our source of help and refuge, our giver of strength and support. When temptations come, God shows the way out of temptation. Take that way out. God wants us to have freedom from sin. John 8, 36 says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Let us go to him every day for the help we need to not only have our forgiveness of sins, but also that we may have the power and wisdom to more and more avoid sin and the temptations to sin altogether. Amen.